listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski joring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. We'll hear from the leading sports dog show stars that are at the top of their game, learning training tips and get the scoop on their secrets to success. So put your paws together and give a tail-wagging welcome to your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Hi, everyone, and welcome to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Laurie Williams, the owner and training director for Pup and Iron Canine Fitness and Learning Center in Fredericksburg, Virginia. However, some of you may know me better from my dog, Andrew, and I participating in last summer's reality show on CBS, The Greatest American Dog. My little Baltese Andrew ended up runner-up on that show. He should have won, but that's another show. We'll get to that later. (laughs) In any case, what was really great about it is Andrew and I got to show the world our great relationship, which was cultivated mostly from participating in dog sports and activities through the years. So that's what DSPN is all about. It's going to be my way of introducing all you listeners to some great activities and sports that you can participate in with your dog. Now, Andrew and I had a great adventure a couple of weeks ago. We got to attend the Westminster Dog Show, Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show that's been, I believe this was the 133rd year that it's been in existence. Now, I got to be honest with you, Andrew didn't get to, to attend. Only the dogs that are entered in the actual show get to attend, but he was very missed. A lot of people there remembered Andrew from the show and asked me a lot of questions. Um, so... I got to see some great dogs and talk to some great people. First and foremost, one of the great dogs that I got to meet was a dog named Tony. He's a Sky Terrier, and he was bred by Mike Pisari. And Michael agreed to be a guest today. He's going to talk to us about the road to Westminster and also how he got into breeding such a wonderful breed of dog that a lot of people aren't aware of. So when we get back, we're going to talk to Michael Pisari and we're going to learn all about his Westminster trip. We'll be right back after these messages. DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network, will be right back with more exciting action and biting commentary right after this quick time out. Hey, ready to take a walk? Not just you, but the whole family. It's the 2009 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 7th from 11 to 3 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet related. Whisker Walk 2009, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. 
From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready for game time with your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Hi, everyone. We're back. And we have Michael Pisari with us. He is a breeder of Sky Terriers. Michael, how are you? I'm fine, Lori. How are you this afternoon? Great. And welcome to the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest. You know, let's start right from the beginning. You know, what is the name of your kennel name? Let's tell everybody about that. Okay. I will tell you our kennel name is Glanton Kennels, uh, G-L-E-A-N-N-T-A-N. It's not a commercial operation, uh, obviously. This is strictly um, a hobby kennel that was founded in 1970 uh, by our mentors, Donna and Ben Dale. And um, my wife and I became involved with them early 90s, and um, Donna unfortunately passed away very unexpectedly in 2001. And uh, shortly after her passing, my wife and I... Um, sort of joined with um, her widower, Ben, and a friend who lives in Ohio. And we basically, um, since that time, have really been working hard to uh, carry the program forward. And uh, my wife and I have done a lot of work um, breeding and showing the glant and skies over the years. Well, and I was going to say, and thank God for that, we're going to talk a little later about how few Sky Terriers are still out there, so you're to be applauded. Now, when I was reading through your bio, one of the things that struck me, one of the first things I always tell people, I love the story of Greyfriars Bobby. I love that story. It's one that really touches my heart. I mean, even just saying that name brings me goosebumps, and I'm not kidding. I'm weird like that. It gives me goosebumps, and I get a little teary when I when I talk about Greyfriars Bobby. But you know what? I'm going to let you tell our listeners about Greyfriars Bobby. Well, uh, I first we first learned about the story when we were actually in Edinburgh, Scotland. It was before we owned the breed. My wife and I were in a little gift shop in Edinburgh, right near the castle, and uh, she picked up this little paperback book, Greyfriars Bobby, uh, and that was really our first uh, introduction to the breed. Greyfriars Bobby, actually the true story is a wonderful mm-hmm. story. Uh, yes. The novel that was written uh, in the early 1900s based on the true story, and it's essentially very close to the true story, uh, about a uh, little Sky Terrier that was very loyal to his owner. In the novel, the uh, owner was a farmer who came into Edinburgh uh, weekly to uh, do business. Uh, in the true story, he was actually a policeman. When the owner passed away, Bobby, for the following 14 years, uh, stayed very close to the owner's gravesite, and he became very well known in the area around the cemetery, and to such an extent that um, he was well known in the community, and there was a statue erected in his honor after he passed away. So, uh, also, Walt Disney made a movie uh, based on the novel in the early 60s, and 
think a lot of folks over the years have become at least aware of the breed through that wonderful story. That's a great story, I think. And that's where, you know, I have to be honest, that's where I first heard about uh, Sky Terriers. It's, um, it's such an endearing story that's right up from, you know, just goes right along with the relationship that you get with a dog that is so close that your dog would want to sit there and wait for you at the grave. I mean, that's that's deep, and that's why I always get such goosebumps when I when I talk about that story. But um, thank you for sharing that with us, and, and I see why that got you into the breed. I mean, that's a great story. Now, just for some of our listeners who've never seen Sky Terrier, we'll, we'll definitely put some pictures up on the, the website for the, um, the page, the episode information. But go ahead and describe a Sky Terrier. Well, uh, just generally speaking, we kind of uh, refer to them as a medium-sized breed on short legs. A lot of times, I think, when folks see photos of a sky in a book, uh, they'll think that the sky, they'll have the uh, misconception that the sky is uh, maybe just about the size of a Yorkshire Terrier. But actually, there's quite a bit of dog there, you know, ranging from uh, about 28 pounds to 35 pounds, 28 pounds to... 30 for the females and 30 to 35 for the males. They're a hardy little dog. They're, they're short, but there's a lot of dog there for sure. And a lot of hair. <laughs> Talk about the hair. Well, they do have a very profuse coat. And that is, was really, uh, it's, it's something they've always had. Basically, it served as protection in the uh, environment that they were originated from on the Isle of Skye, which can be very damp and cold. Now, granted, when they were out working in the field, uh, ridding the farms of, you know, foxes and badgers and otters, they didn't carry this luscious coat right to the ground. However, the coat was always there. And uh, when the sky began entering the the show scene, you know, uh, around the 1860s, there was quite an emphasis uh, to condition the coat to bring out that beauty that was always there. But they, they do have a double coat. The undercoat is sort of soft and woolly. Then the top coat is about the texture of our hair. It's pretty uh, pretty crisp, really like the, a thatched roof on a Irish cottage. <laughs> gotcha. You know, I have to giggle a little bit, and I bet you get this. Is, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, of course they call Andrew a mop, my Maltese. And then they say, oh, he reminds me of Cousin It from um, the Adams Family. I bet you guys get that, too. I never like when people say that, but we get that a lot. All the dogs that have that long hair, particularly hair that will fall over the dog's eyes, um, people like to make jokes about it. But you do take great, great care of the hair. And I'll tell you, your dogs looked immaculate at this show. I was, I feel so fortunate to have been able to um, actually go up and meet your dogs in person. Now, I do want to touch on um, something that you pointed out on how old the breed is. You mentioned from the 1800s. And I believe I read somewhere that the Sky Terriers were one of the first breeds of dogs exhibited at the very first Westminster Kennel Club show and one of the first, I think, 10 breeds of dogs that were actually admitted to the American Kennel Club when they first formed. And am I right about that? Yes, both of those statements are true. In terms of, you know, the origins of the breed, uh, like with most breeds, you know, prior to the first dog show in the early 1860s, the, uh, the clear delineation from one breed to another was not uh, quite what we find now until, uh, Today, right. with the written standards. 
but there's definitely there are some references to you know uh, long uh, uh, basset hound like uh, dogs um, you know going back even as early as the 1500s but the sky is definitely one of the older uh, terrier breeds I mean there are some breeds that uh, were recognized much later than the sky mm-hmm. and I think it's fair when you study the history of the sky and the cairn terrier uh, and a, a few of the other terriers there definitely are some parallel tracks there once we started getting in the showing and the uh, creation of the written standards, then the differences became a little more distinct. Sure. One of the things that I know I read, and not a, directly about skies, but mentioning, um, trying drawing on what you said about the not in clear definitions, I, I remember reading that Scotties and Karens and Westies sometimes would show up in the same litter, like many, 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 many hundreds of years ago. So that's that kind of speaks to what... Uh, you just mentioned. Now, one more thing about the Sky Terrier being one of the, if you want to say, quote unquote, original breeds shown and exhibited, it kind of speaks volumes that today they're one of the probably least, and I hate to use the word popular because I, I think popularity is, is, that's relative and can be manipulated, but just looking at the AKC registration statistics that came out um, a few months ago, they're kind of down in the bottom, probably bottom 10 um, breeds. So they've been around the longest, and yet they're, now they're kind of dropping off. And what, what do you feel is the reason for that? Or um, and, and you might actually be very glad about that, as I know a lot of breeders are. Do you have any comments about that? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's uh, something that we uh, talk about a lot among the breeders because um, uh, it is definitely a concern. We are uh, pretty low in the registration uh, rankings. Where uh, last year we were 141 of 156. Okay. Uh, we're a little ahead of the Celium Terrier, which is a breed that uh, definitely uh, uh, enjoyed a high profile last year with the. Um, oh yeah, uh, they Marjorie Good Sealy. Right. Uh, just a little, just about four breeds ahead of the Sussex Spaniel. <laughs> right. This so, is <laughs> another. Yeah. But the winners, all, all of the last few winners and or the, a lot of the last few um, dogs that uh, have been kind of showcased at Westminster are not at the top of that registration list. And that's true. And yes, I think a little bit of trivia. I mean, around the early 1900s, uh, the Sky was one of the most popular breeds. Uh, it wasn't uncommon to have, you know, an entry of 100 Skies at a show in Great Britain. Okay. Uh, but now today, they're, uh, the Sky, along with a number of other breeds um, uh, that originated from the British Isles, um, are on the decline. And I think there's a whole range of uh, reasons for that. And speaking for myself, I know that breeders, um, Sky breeders, and some of breeders of some of the other uh, less popular breeds um, see the. Um, the uh, uh, low registration number is not necessarily bad, but we, I think that uh, we would certainly like to see the sky a little higher, maybe not in the top 10 or even top 20 or, you know, even halfway up the list. But we definitely are at a point where we certainly could, could use new interest in the breed. Average age of a sky breeder now is, is, is getting up there. Um, you know, my wife and I have been 
involved with the breed almost 20 years, and we're still kind of viewed in the club as one of the younger um, members. <laughs> You're the youngins, yeah, some, definitely. We brought along some younger folks, but uh, not nearly. Uh, it's it's a little troubling when you kind of project ahead another 20 years. Well, sure, and of course, one of the reasons that you do what you do is for the love of the breed, and you want to share that breed with other people, so that makes perfect sense. Now, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, I want to I want to talk about your specific road to the Westminster Dog Show and what you have gone through this whole entire year leading up to that one moment in the ring. So we're going to take a couple minutes for some messages and we will be right back and we'll resume. ESPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network, will be right back with more exciting action and biting commentary right after this quick timeout. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Schools in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready for game time with your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network on Pet Life Video. And today we are talking with Michael Pisari, breeder, exhibitor of beautiful Sky Terriers, who happened to be at the Westminster Dog Show, and I feel so privileged to have met so let's talk about Michael. Let's go way back a year ago. Uh, your preparation for Tony and and what was the um, you had another dog entered as well. We did. We did. We had uh, uh, a male and a female. Okay. And Tony is a sky terrier that we actually didn't breed ourselves, but imported okay. from Finland. But the girl, the female that we had entered, was uh, bred by us and actually is the littermate of the dog that we won best breed with at Westminster a year ago. Okay, great. <laughs> so you've had that taste of victory um, as best of breed. But let's talk about let's talk about the road to Westminster. So just to break it down, and we'll try to keep it somewhat simple because I know dog show and points and all that stuff can get so you know complicated. But First thing, so all the dogs to be um, able to be shown at Westminster have to already be champions of record. So 
I'm assuming, of course, Tony was, I'm sure, already a show champion at the beginning of um, 2008. He was. He finished okay. uh, very young. Uh, he was about 14 months old when he finished. It was on our national specialty weekend. Uh, he was um, a, a young Sky Terrier that showed a lot of promise. And when, so when we uh, had that wonderful win last year with our uh, dog, Boz, um, who finished last year number one Sky in the United States, all systems, breeder owner handled. We uh, looked at Tony, and we really saw a lot of potential there. And we decided, even though we could very easily have continued another year uh, with Boz, we just felt that uh, for a number of reasons, A, we had some of Tony's youngsters coming along. So we really thought it would be nice to uh, shift our focus uh, in 2008 to Tony. And so in doing so, we, you know, embarked at the beginning of the year on his show, uh, show career as a champion, which means, you know, when you go into the ring and compete as a champion, um, every show you're kind of putting it on the line and you are right. the one that everybody is uh, sh- gunning for. <laughs> sure, But sure. he did quite well. He finished 2008 as the number one Sky, so... Great. He decided for sure that he should be entered at Westminster, but we certainly didn't enter uh, either Tony or B at Westminster, thinking, "Well, where this is a sure bet for us because he wa- he finished last year as the number one mm-hmm. guy." We just felt that because he had such a successful year and because we admire him so much that he should be there and represent our our efforts. I think this year at Westminster kind of proved that <laughs> nothing's ever a sure threat because I'm quite sure most people did not expect uh, Stump, the Sussex Spaniel, to win. But um, I see what you're saying as far as, um, and I wanted to really emphasize as far as when you were campaigning him throughout this year. Now, there had to have been shows, or maybe not, maybe you are, you know, I'm sure you researched which shows to enter, but I'm, I'm assuming there may have been shows where there weren't even any other Sky Terriers, so you were hoping to get a, a group placement to kind of boost your ranking. Is that true? or? Well, that was, that was the case sometimes, but okay. what we tried to do is we tried to, you know, there are certain shows, there's a regional specialty in April, and then right. there's uh, Sky Terrier Club of America supported entry shows in August, and then our national specialty in October. And we, we had Tony entered in all three of those weekends. And in between those shows, yes, uh, sometimes he was the only Sky, sometimes it was a small number of other Skies, but he completed the year number one based on the number of Skies defeated. So he okay. he gotcha. had to defeat other Skies, okay. you know, dogs of his own breed to... to okay. And just to let our listeners know, the top five, I believe, in each breed is actually given an invitation to show at Westminster, and then all the rest have to kind of get their entries in um, kind of as quickly as possible, and it's kind of luck of the draw. But uh, yep, so definitely, exactly. yeah. So you were invited. So you were invited with Tony, um, and then uh, you know, just to give people a kind of an, a little idea, you know, it's anybody who's ever been to New York knows that is not an inexpensive place to visit. So just um, you know. Staying there, you know, getting there, the transportation, the room and board. Did you stay at the Hotel Pennsylvania, by the way? We did. We stayed at the Hotel Pennsylvania. And uh, the rates have gone. I was just uh, comparing the rates this year compared to just a couple of years ago. And they have gone up. 
Uh, yeah. So you're right. It is not an inexpensive show to do, and it's unlike any other show being right in right in Manhattan. Um, it's uh, the Hotel Pennsylvania has an area in their lower level that where the dogs can exercise, um, but it's um, it's a challenge. <laughs> I, I can only imagine for you know the larger breeds right. uh, how much more challenging it must be. Sure. And then, of course, you had dogs at home that have to be tended to while you're off on your Westminster excursion, your New York City Manhattan excursion. So, you know, that's another added expense, I know. Well, that's true. We uh, have a friend uh, who lives nearby who has one of our Sky Carriers who, when we're off traveling to shows, um, she and her daughter look after the Skies at home. Very fortunate. I know. I'm, I'm one of those people that don't get to leave home very often because of the dogs I have. Um, I hate to leave them. I try to take as many of them with me when I go. Um, so I'm going to ask you something that I don't know if anybody else has asked you, but I'd like to throw it right on the table. Okay, so you're not a commercial breeder. How often do you breed anyway? We breed on average a litter every year, a year and okay. a half to two years. Okay. So... Not very often. Right. So you don't breed very often. You're not a commercial breeder. This We're not talking about a popular, uh, highly sought-after breed that, really, why do you do what you do? I, I really, you know, it's explain to all of us, why do you do it? Why do you show at Westminster? Why do you exhibit? Why do you, you spend all the time grooming? I'm sure it's hours of grooming those beautiful, luxurious coats. Tell us, why do you do it? Well, I, I can only imagine it sounds like a cliche, but it really is the love of the breed. And, you know, um, we were extremely fortunate early on in our involvement that we had uh, a mentor in Donna Dale who really um, kind of set a vision for how the sport could be pursued with dignity and honor and, and in a way that could, uh, she really set a wonderful example and so when we had the opportunity to uh, continue her work, you know, it really uh, brought into focus for us uh, not only what we were doing, but there were also folks who have had Glanton Skies over the years who uh, had great admiration for Donna, and we, we, we had this sense that we were carrying on something very special. There's a lot of satisfaction in, you know, conditioning a sky and training a sky, of course, on the breeding side, you know, planting a litter and raising those puppies, socializing the puppies, it's a very time-consuming effort. But like anything else, you know, there are no shortcuts. Uh, so the satisfaction really comes from um, breeding a sky of high quality that is well, has an excellent temperament, and becomes a wonderful companion for someone who might not be involved with showing for us. Mm-hmm. You know, if a dog has success in the ring, that's wonderful. We often, you know, refer to that as sort of the sugar high <laughs> um, right. because there's so much that happens behind the scene. Sure. What I like about Westminster, it gives me an opportunity, gives us an opportunity to kind of pull the curtain back and let people, give people a little um, a sense of, what does happen behind the scenes? Sure. I love um, a bench show. I mean, when I'm not the one showing at one. 
But I love being able to go back and see the different breeds, talk to the breeders and exhibitors. Um, you know, you, you just really don't get a chance to do that at mu- that much at, um, you know, the, the regular shows or the non-bench shows because people are running all around and trying to, you know, they're, they're sometimes parked in RVs and, you know, you don't feel as comfortable walking all through the RV setups. And a lot of times there's not people back there and the dogs are going crazy because they're in expense. But the opportunity to meet you know, people who have been in a breed as long as you have and are really love that breed. And, I, and you're right, it does sound like a cliche to some, but I totally understand it. And it's one of the things that I I really want to help, you know, pass on to others. You know, it's a, it's a love and a passion. And that's what a lot of you guys that I met at Westminster and was fortunate to do so, that's why you do it. I mean, and, you know, tell us about your wins that you didn't, you didn't win best of breed, but you did get some really nice recognition there this year. So what prizes did you take away? Well, there were uh, essentially three awards available in our breed. So there's the best of breed award, which uh, went to a a very uh, handsome sky uh, bred in New York. And, um, then there was best of opposite sex. So if a male wins best of breed, then a female is eligible for the best of opposite sex award. And there were a couple of females, one from Texas and then our, um, and then our girl B and B earned best of opposite sex. And then based on the entry, the judge has the option of awarding what they call an award of merit. And that's sort of a recognition of the quality of the dog that, Maybe on another day, that dog could have the potential to be best of breed. So it's it's recognizing that it wasn't he wasn't the top choice of the judge that particular day, but could be on another day. And so Tony earned the single award of merit given. We felt good about our our showing there. Well, I'll tell you, when I walked by your bench area, first I saw Tony just totally chilling. <laughs> you know, he was so comfortable and, you know, such a beautiful dog. So I saw him first. That's what I focused on. And then I saw your ribbons there. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong. They were gorgeous ribbons. But I think sums, that sums it all up, that it's definitely not the ribbons. You know, um, it's definitely for the love of the breed, why you do what you do. Um, you know, we won't even go into adding up all the dollars and cents of what all through the year you guys have put into, you know, displaying and exhibiting your beautiful dogs. We won't even go into that. But, you know, the ribbons, the rosettes, they although they're beautiful and colorful, it's definitely can't be for that. But the recognition and also for the, the love of the breed and the opportunity to... Um, share because i mean that's what i i love about westminster you were able to share your dogs with um all those people and i know everybody has said i wasn't at westminster last year but everybody has said that it was a lot less people this year did you notice that as well well i'll tell you i heard that but i didn't i didn't sense that gee there was a lot of interest in our skies at the setup i felt like we really had uh as as um active benching areas we've had in past years. I should also mention what made this year uh, a little more um, enjoyable for us and satisfying is that uh, we had uh, with us a couple of younger folks who are very interested in Sky Terriers. Uh, The gentleman that handled uh, B in the ring last year was his first Westminster as a spectator. And this year he returned, and we uh, gave him the opportunity to handle B. 
And it was just so satisfying for him to uh, be able to go into the ring with B and accomplish that best of opposite win. And he has a couple of our Sky Terriers and is really dedicated to the breed. And uh, we feel very fortunate, you know, to be able to be a mentor to him. But that also added another uh, level of enjoyment and satisfaction for us. Well, great, great job on on your part, um, you know, getting other people interested in, you know, the the sport of showing dogs. And, you know, congratulations on your your great wins, very respectable wins. And, um, you know, most of all, congratulations on, you know, having the gorgeous dogs that you have. I mean, they caught my eye. I like to consider myself a a dog fancier and, and someone who can spot, you know, really good quality dogs when I see them. You caught my attention, so uh, kudos to you, because I walked past quite a few of them. I didn't, uh, Tony was a dog I did not want to walk walk past. Now, tell us what you have on the horizon. What's in the near future for Glenton Kennels? Well, we actually have uh, uh, six-month-old puppies, uh, three that we're working with right now that are um, offspring of Tony um, out of uh, B's sister. Okay. Uh, and we will be starting with them uh, in about a month in the ring, and we will be showing Tony again this year. You know, it's early in the year, so we we just we will show him and we'll see what happens. Great. Uh, we yeah. believe very highly. We we love Tony, uh, both his confirmation and his temperament. So. Sure. He's got a great temperament. You know what? You're not too far from me, not too terribly far. You're in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, which is, I probably could, I don't know, maybe a three and a half hour drive. Um, are you interested in putting any rally titles on your Sky Terriers? Well, we have thought about that. We, When we first started in the sport, we were pretty active in obedience training, not uh-huh. so much competition, but training, but we both work full time and it has become, I'd say, increasingly difficult for us to uh, sure. dedicate some time, but we really admire the folks that take part in that. Some of our skies do. We have a good friend that has um, one of our skies uh, that is very active in rally and um, freestyle, and we're hoping to have a little um, demonstration at our regional specialty, which is on April 17th at the Maryland State Fairgrounds. Oh, very so, good. Very good. I'm not that far from you, so I'm going to put a little bug in your ear. You know, I'm, I'm known as one of the, the rally obedience. Uh, actually, they call me the, a pusher of rally. <laughs> I actually love, I mean, hey, champion at the front, you know, the CH at the front of the dog's name and a rally title at the end. There's That's a great accomplishment. So, uh, you know, I'll definitely stay in touch with you about that because that would be great and uh you've got dogs that um, you love to work with it rallies a very it's a great sport that com- that really promotes communication and teamwork so i think a lot of uh, confirmation show dogs already have that with their handlers anyway so it usually translates to rally fairly well so i'm gonna One activity that we do involve ourselves with outside of the show ring is um Therapy dog visits. We uh, uh, visit on a fairly regular basis the Ronald McDonald House in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Great, even better. Next week, we're doing a couple of visits with a six-month-old puppy and an adult to um, a a school as part of the Read Across America celebration. And we've also done um, participated. There's a program at Gettysburg College 
which uh, has, uh, they call it dog days, and it's basically for the uh, incoming freshmen who might be homesick, and it's a multi-week, multi-day, each week opportunity for them to visit with dogs. So we, we've, we've done that as well. So we really well, try as much as we can to get the dogs out, and it's good for them, good socialization for them, and it's a lot of fun for us and satisfying. Well, that's fantastic because the um, therapy work is probably... I would even put that higher than performance events. So that's one of the things that um, I do as well. I'm a Delta Society uh, pet partner evaluator. So, you know, kudos, big thumbs up for that. Well, I, I you know, Michael, thank you so much for being our guest today. Um, I hope I haven't been too much of a pest because <laughs> I just was so struck by uh, your commitment to this breed. And I really want people to learn more about this breed as well as learn more about people like you who spend their lives, you know, not trying to make money, um, you know, not falling into the stereotype that a lot of uh, people have nowadays about what breeding show dogs is all about, because it's not about that for you. And, and I believe that your story is one that a lot of breeders share um, who are dedicated to a breed of dog that really by, if they were any other animal, would be on an endangered species list. But because they're a dog, people don't think of it that way. So, you know, kudos to you. Thank you so much for being a guest on uh, Pet Life Radio and DSPN. And I hope that I get to see more of you. You're in the mid-Atlantic area like me. So I hope I get to run into you and maybe have you back on the show as a guest at a later time. Well, thank you, Laura. I greatly appreciate this opportunity to talk about Sky Terriers. I love the breed. I think you're doing a great service. Uh, so often uh, people uh, m- might make the mistake that because a dog competes in the confirmation ring that they don't have a life outside of the confirmation ring or that people that are involved in showing are not interested in the folks who are not involved in showing. And that's really not true um, for the ma- vast majority of breeders. It's not the case. Anybody who has an interest in Sky Terriers, uh, we <laughs> want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So we're going to get some information up on our website um, on how people can contact you. If you do, you, if you want to go ahead and throw out your um, website address real quick for the listeners. Sure, I'd be happy to. It's www. Then G L E A N N T A N dot com. This website has a lot of information about the breed and, of course, a lot about our family of skies, and we're proud of proud of it. Fantastic. As well, you should be, and we will put the information up on the Pet Life Radio website as well. So thank you so much, Michael, and thank you guys for listening today. I'm going to have some uh, more shows coming about my experience and at Westminster, along with some things that Andrew and I got to do outside of Westminster in New York City. So I do hope to uh, have you all back again. So keep working with your dogs, keep building those relationships, and we will see you next time. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed touring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.